Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everybody jump! 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 Ah, yes, yes, yes. Good Monday, one and all. Hopefully everyone out there had themselves a lovely weekend. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making it better. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. You've got Mike Pete across the way, other side at the controls. 9 a.m. Eastern time we go to. Next three hours with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Attention hotline fans. Your number to call. What's going on, Taz? How you doing, bud? Uh, good, Moose. Good, good. Hope all's well with you. Uh, looking forward to another Monday edition of Taz and Moose. Uh, chock full of all your NFL needs. Right. Yeah, yeah, cool. no, everything's cool. good, everything's yep. good, hopefully for you yes. as well, yes. and uh, a lot to get into across the NFL landscape, we'll touch upon college football, a little bit of Michigan a little later on in the program, yep. as well as they got uh, absolutely run over out of Camp Randall by uh, by the Wisconsin Badgers uh, for Jim Harbaugh, as uh, he had an interesting presser after that game, but certainly... You know, young quarterbacks, uh, you know, grabbed the the headlines yesterday uh, across the National Football League. And uh, I think the, the biggest uh, star of the day had to be with the New York football giants as uh, Daniel Jones had himself a day coming back from 18 down, down in Tampa Bay against the Buccaneers, leading them on a, you know, scramble on a fourth down, uh, fourth and five at the seven-yard line, scrambles right up the middle as the uh, Buccaneers defense uh, parted ways uh, like the Red Sea, scrambled up the middle for the go-ahead touchdown. They get the field goal miss, the chip shot field goal miss late by Gay for the Buccaneers. Um, as uh, as the Bucks blow a huge lead, the Giants have a huge comeback victory, and Daniel Jones is now a huge star in New York and in the National Football League. Take it over for Eli Manning. Uh, it was something. I mean, it was definitely, I mean, I, I, I you know, I was locked in, and um, I'm I have no dog in the fight. I'm not a Bucks fan. I'm not a Giants fan. But, you know, I, I wanted to see, just like everybody else, every other football fan wanted to see what this kid was all about. And, and you know, here he is coming in to, to take over for a, a legend who got benched. Uh, and, man, the energy that this kid Jones brought to the table was, uh, was just unbelievable. It was, it was like you would hope. It was almost like written away. It, it, it wasn't perfection, but, man, it was, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was written well. I mean, it was perfect. The kid threw for over 330 yards. I mean, he, he, he protected the football, two touchdowns. I mean, really, it just was. But the energy, Moose, the energy that he brought to that offense was just, it was it just it sparked you know it was it, was, it, was, it jumped off the ta- off the TV for me yeah I mean I, I looked at the throws and the athleticism um, that he was able to to hit guys um, and throw them with anticipation something I mentioned last week that Charlie Castle from the NFL Network broke down on game film um, and uh, it talked about his the course over the course of the preseason. Uh, that you kind of admired about the young signal caller, did that, look calm, cool, collected. You mentioned the energy, uh, the ability to scramble and lengthen out plays, something that uh, Pat Shermer pointed out after they lost to the Buffalo Bills the week before at home at MetLife Stadium. 
kind of a sign of the times in the National Football League, having a quarterback that can use his legs uh, to extend plays when the plays initially break down or the pocket breaks down. And you saw that a number of times on the initial touchdown where he scrambled and and ran it in uh, on the last touchdown by the Giants where he ran up the middle for fourth down uh, a number of times through being able to throw on the run, throwing and having pinpoint accuracy as well. Uh, There's a lot to like about Daniel Jones. There really is. And the team seemed to feed off of him. And, you know, you give, uh, you know, you give him credit first and foremost and, You know, the Giants made the switch for a number of different reasons, and Pat Shermer made it perfectly clear. He felt that, you know, at this stage, Daniel Jones gave this team the best opportunity to win, and you saw that yesterday against a a Buccaneer defense, then the second half got absolutely torn apart. Right, right. And, and, you know, um, I really think, like, with with Daniel Jones, he showed yesterday what I saw out of him, in my opinion, three things that you really can't coach in no particular order, and that's instincts, toughness, and poise. And his poise was, you know, there was many times the pocket was collapsing and guys were all over him. And, and, and you know, Bowles, you know, sparked up that defense, that Buccaneer defense. They were coming. And this kid, Daniel, uh, Daniel Jones, he just kept his poise, man. He kept his poise. He took a lot of hits. But, man, he's a tough kid. He's, he's a lot tougher than he looks. He doesn't look like a tough kid. He looks like a mild-mannered 4.0 GPA kid out of Duke. That's what he looks like. I mean, clean-cut Jones, right? But, man, he really is – he took some wax and just was he's, was unflappable. I mean, oh, he was great. He was, he was great. And to do it without Saquon Barkley, who left the game with a high ankle sprain, um, and you saw him hobbling uh, to the uh, – being helped to the giant locker room – uh, toward the uh, tail end of the first half and then was in a walking boot at the end of the game and uh, hopping off the field after the Giants won it. Um, you know, To be able to do that and have that kind of a comeback without the threat of Saquon Barkley on the field says a lot too because it just adds more of onus sure. and pressure on the quarterback to be able to perform. And, you know, there, there's a lot to like about what you saw yesterday. You don't want to put the cart before the horse and all of a sudden say there's superstardom on the way. And, you know, but the Giants certainly, you know, the first step, he looked the part over the course of the preseason, his first start in the National Football League. Uh, he certainly looked the part. It was an epic comeback victory down in Tampa Bay. He's got to hold on to the football when he gets hit, though. That's the one thing that I would point to. Uh, that he's got to work on, which was an issue in the preseason, was an issue down in Dallas, was an issue on one occasion yesterday when he put the ball on the turf when he gets hit. But aside from that, um, there's nothing not to like. You mentioned the demeanor. Um, you know, went into the you know the huddle at one point in time. Kind of uh, his teammates never heard him curse before. Basically, uh, when they were down early, said, "Let's blanket go get a touchdown. Let's score here." When the final drive, he said, "Let's go win this game." Um, you know, had the you know had the command of that huddle um, and the respect of that team, and and certainly uh, it was an epic comeback victory for the Giants in a season in a game in which they probably salvaged their season. Yeah, I think you're right about that for sure. I mean, and it's just I mean for Giants fans, it's just and here you know for those all over the country, you know where we're obviously based in New York, and we have. A, a lot, as far as football goes, a lot of Jets and Giants fans that we work with here, you know, behind the scenes and stuff like that, on, on all the shows here at the station. And so, so many of these Giant fans, and, and I get it, that's, I'm happy for them because they're like, hey, you know, there's, there's life here. There's light at the end of the tunnel. We have ourselves a signal caller. We have ourselves a leader of our offense. And it's almost like, man, you know, it's Eli Manning is totally uh, in the background. And, and I think you got to tip your cap to Eli, too. It was several times, and Fox did a good job capturing the moment where 
Eli throughout the game, several times during the game, I should say, that I spotted it, was he was talking to Daniel Jones and, and coaching him up and helping him. And I tell you, that's got to be really, really hard for Eli. That's got to be. You, you know, that's um, you're literally passing the torch. I know it sounds great. It sounds like a, a great Hallmark movie. Wow, the great quarterback, the legend, uh, all, all the stuff he's done great. He's passing the torch to the young man. Eh, that's not the way it works. These guys are ultra competitive. But he did that. Eli did that. And was whatever advice he was given, you know, Daniel Jones, it obviously helped. But, um, yeah, it's uh, so I think that's a good story. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens with Eli. I mean, but um, he felt a little bad for him, you know, because he is on the sideline with an IFB in his ear and I, you know, an earpiece in his ear and a baseball cap on and just, just watching. You know, it's like you're not used to seeing that. You know, it's just you know, that's, that's you know, if you watch Giant football, you know, you, you never see Eli on the sideline. Yeah, like that. they're yeah. probably not winning that game with Eli at quarterback. No. Um, no. You know, and, and Daniel Jones uh, certainly starred, and, and that Buccaneer defense uh, did give it up. And they catch a huge break, even if they lost the game. Um, you know, and I get the idea of no moral victories, but even if they lost the game, the the star of the game still would have been Daniel Jones and what he was able to do and take in control of that organization, which is difficult to do for a guy that had – you know, won two Super Bowls. I mean, that you know, and 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 Daniel Jones in in one start kind of uh, changes that storyline. So you feel really good for him. I was a little uncomfortable here in the barbers in the broadcast booth talking about Daniel Jones starring and the fact that he looked better in his first start than Eli Manning did in his first start. I mean, that was a little tough to take from from Tiki Aranda, and then they kind of covered it up a little bit by talking about. And, and Tiki, that is, talking about how great of a teammate Eli was and that all he is is about team and that he is the ultimate team guy. I mean, not every situation is a little bit different. Not every quarterback's going to look as good as Daniel Jones. But I'll tell you, if you get two Super Bowls out of Daniel Jones in the next 10, 12 years, I mean, you're going to sign on the dotted line if you are the New York Giants. To me, that was a little tough. But aside from that, from Jones on the football field, uh he was as I don't I remember mean, the as, comments about a bar. I know the barbers were in the booth. Yeah. I was listening, but I don't remember. I don't. I, yeah, no, they did. They did. It was toward the. I would say toward uh, the start of. It was when he started to get hot in the third quarter. Mm. Um, I was they did. Yeah, it, it, yeah. That was it. that was a little tough to take. But aside from that, listen. Um, I look from. Uh, I, I look at what Daniel Jones yesterday did and. There's nothing not to like. There's nothing right. to be excited about. And when you start a young quarterback in the National Football League, it fills your fan base with hope. And just like the Brown fan base was yet last year with Baker Mayfield, maybe the Redskin fan base will be at one point in time with Dwayne Haskins. Uh, you look at what the Giant fan base is feeling right now, and they're hopeful about what this guy potentially could be at the quarterback spot, and the initial diagnosis is brilliant. Yeah, and look, the Giants took a lot of flack. You know, in the front office there, you know, Gatterman, Sherman, those guys, I mean, you know, they took a lot of flack when this happened, when they when they picked this kid out of Duke in the draft that, as early as they did. And there was a lot of like, what, what? And Giant fans were like, what the hell are you doing? You know, you're taking this kid, Daniel Jones, and... They obviously saw something, and and what they saw works for their system. Schematically, works for them. Yeah, you know, I mean, for for those that are wondering, well, wow, why is if you're not a giant fan, or maybe you don't live in a tri-state area, and you're saying, what the heck is the big deal about? Okay, fine, a rookie came in and he played so good. No, it, it's a really big deal. He he came in and stepped in, and they benched a legendary player for him. And I don't, if, if that's an overstatement, stop me. I mean, I think Eli Manning is is a legendary player. I mean, he's. All-time passing yards and top ten. He's you know Super Bowl. I mean everything. I don't know much more he can have done. So to show you how big it is, though, I mean you mentioned a moment ago 
Balkley getting injured uh, with that high ankle, I thought he got, I thought he blew his knee out when he got hit. The way he got hit when he shorted in full live speed before they broke it down slow, and it was nice to have Tiki in the booth explain it as a guy who's played that position in that giant helmet for years and was great. Um, but it was his ankle. I thought it was his knee at first. But anyway, my point was it, to show you how big this moment is of what Daniel Jones did here yesterday and how well he played. It's almost like I don't want to say we're we as a uh, people who cover sports are ignoring Barkley got injured, but it's imagine if Eli was the quarterback, just system the status quo, and then this kid Barkley would have got hurt. It would have been like, oh my god, the the sky would have been falling. Everybody would have been making a big deal out of it. But it's almost like, yeah, no, Daniel Jones played great. By the way, Barkley got hurt too. Oh wow, I guess I'll be okay. Man, that Daniel Jones was unbelievable. I don't know. I just think it's funny, you know, because it's it it outshined everything you know, that this kid played really well. No, it, it, it certainly did. And you know, the criticism that that the Giants took uh, in taking Jones, I think it was it, it was not only the player, but it was also the game plan. Um, why pay Eli? That you're going to pay him, and you're going to draft a quarterback sixth overall, and then transition as quickly as they did from from Eli Manning. I think that's where the Giants got hit with a little bit of a, a crossroads as a, as a franchise. If you're going to tear it down and rip it down, then tear it down and rip it down all the way. Uh, don't split the baby um, and, and do it in the style and fashion in which they did. But, I mean, at the end, they got where they needed to get to. And what they needed to get to was they needed to transition away from an older quarterback whose skill sets uh, was uh, – uh, was no longer what it once was uh, and was getting worse by the year, uh, who was obviously up there in age. And then we can get into the debate of of what the Giants did for Eli and what they didn't do for Eli in the last six or seven years. They're paying him now kind of as a, a going-away parting gift. But this is Daniel Jones's franchise, and they loved him coming out of Duke. They drafted him sixth overall. Reportedly, Denver loved him. Washington loved him. They didn't think he'd be sitting there with the 17th overall pick. And... You know, for Dave Gettleman, who has not exactly been the most truthful general manager, um, you know, he's going to be bailed. He's going to be held as a conquering hero with uh, the draft choices of Barkley and Jones if what we saw yesterday from Daniel Jones is a, a sign of things to come. It's only one game. Yeah, uh, yeah. He looked the part in one game. <laughs> but if this is the kind of quarterback the Giants are going to have for the next 10, 12, 13 years, as long as he's able to stay healthy, Taz. Uh, you know, Dave Gettleman's going to be hailed as a, a heroic general manager for what he was able to do. And, and I think you, I think you, you almost have to feel and say that in regards to him because for, for look, you have a young back. I said this last week here on the show. I mean, with Daniel Jones and Barkley in that backfield, and uh, and a guy like Evan Ingram, you know, catching balls or Shepard. I mean, you, you've got some weapons now. This is a team who, you know, I mean, Beckham is off the team. I mean, this is one of the biggest, best wide receivers in the game, and he's not there anymore. And and Eli was, was an old man on the center and all this stuff. But yet, you know, they, they found a way to win yesterday on the road. Daniel Jones, young kid, never started a regular season game, goes on the road against a tough defense with a, a really good D.C., and manages to win the game 32-31. Very impressive. Yeah, very. And then you get the late field goal miss by Gay, where Bruce Arians uh, takes the five-yard penalty uh, at the end of the game oh. and trying to rationalize and explain that one out, which <laughs> made little to no sense whatsoever. But he took the five-yard penalty uh, nonetheless. So a disastrous loss for Tampa Bay. The Giants have got themselves a new star quarterback in Daniel Jones. And... We have just begun here on this Monday morning. It's Taz and the Moose as we whip around the National Football League. 
the Sunday that was, week three in the NFL, right here on CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call, 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Hi, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free live brought to you by Geico. Great news, quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico, go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Do more brought to you by the Home Depot. Visit homedepot.com for details and flooring, appliances, and bathroom home improvements. The Home Depot, more saving, more doing. How about Dalvin Cook? He's doing more. Cook surpassed 100 yards on the ground for third straight week as the Vikings ran past the Raiders 34-14 out in Minnesota under the Dome. 855-212-4227 is your number to call. We'll get to your calls. We'll get also to the Cleveland Browns, L.A. Rams, the Sunday night game last night. Uh, The struggles for the Browns and uh, do continue. Certainly, we kicked off the program talking about the extolling the virtues of the young signal caller, Daniel Jones. Brad Heller is in the house. Good morning, Brad. What's up, guys? Brad, How what's up, you? buddy? How in for you? Bogus this morning. Yeah, Bogus, a little day off. Good to be with you guys. Good to see you, man. And you're in our football pool. I am. What an our honor fantasy, to be invited yes, to be yeah. part of that. My team stinks, but... Yeah, a lot of... It's brutal. You're not the only one. Yeah. You're not the only one, buddy. Yeah, I mean, it stinks. It's great to see you. Yeah. What's going on, brother? <laughs> All right, you mentioned it will start Sunday Night Football. Jared Goff and Cooper Cup hooked up for a couple of touchdowns. Rams held off the Browns in Cleveland 20-13. to Baker Mayfield was picked off in the end zone. Fourth and goal at the five to seal it. The Rams get to 3-0. The Browns are 1-2. and How about Giants rookie Daniel Jones? His first NFL start coming in Tampa. Giants were down 18 at halftime. Jones takes the snap. Back to throw. Steps up. He's going to run. Jones to the five. Touchdown, Giants! Daniel Jones on a seven-yard run on a fourth and five from the seven. And the Giants have tied it up with 1.16 to go. Bob Papa, WFAN Giants Radio Network on the call. Second touchdown run for Jones. He also had two touchdown passes. The extra point was the difference. Giants beat the Bucs 32-31. Matt Gay missing a field goal for Tampa as time expired. Saquon Barkley hurting late in the first half. Reportedly a high ankle sprain. He's going to have an MRI today. Patrick Mahomes was missing his top wideout in Tyreek Hill, missing his starting running back in Damian Williams, but it still didn't matter against the Ravens. Mahomes, first and 10 from his own 17. Long, he's got Hartman wide open, 50, 40, foot race, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Kansas City as Hartman slings the ball into the section behind the goalpost. An 83-yard touchdown strike by the NFL MVP. Mitch Holt, that's with the Call Chiefs Radio Network. What'd you say? I said microphone on. There you go. <laughs> it's early. So, uh, but it, yes, it is. <laughs> three touchdown passes from Mahomes. He threw for 374. Chiefs winning the battle of the unbeatens, 33-28 over the Ravens in Kansas City. Also 3-0, the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Packers, the Niners, and the Bills. San Fran overcoming five turnovers to beat the Steelers 24-20. Pittsburgh is 0-3. Teddy Bridgewater filled in just fine for Drew Brees. Second down and 10. 
Bridgewater in the gun, takes a snap, Kamara at the 30, the 25 blockers in front, the 20, the 15, bounces off another, the 10, the 5, he walks into the end zone, touchdown, Alvin Kamara! 29 yards. Zach Streif, Saints Radio, one of two touchdown passes for Bridgewater. Saints over the Seahawks in Seattle, 33-27. Kyle Allen, four touchdown passes, filling in for Cam Newton. Panthers over the Cardinals, 38-20. Baseball, the Astros clinched the AL West. Third year in a row, they beat the Angels 13-5. Three homers for George Springer. The Cardinals clinching a playoff berth as they swept the Cubs 3-2. Cardinals up uh, by three games on the Brewers in the NL Central. Milwaukee and Washington, a virtual tie for the two NL wildcard spots. The Cubs are four games behind as they've lost six in a row. The AL wildcard race looks like this. The A's have a two-game lead for the top spot. The Rays and the Indians are tied for the second spot. Gentlemen. All thanks, right. Brad. Uh, thank you, Brad. Appreciate it. How was the Mets this year, right? Great. <clears throat> yeah, how many Great games experience. did you do? I did about a uh, quarter of the schedule. You did 40-plus so games? Yeah, about 43. Really? 43 is the number. Were you surprised that they rallied the way that they did in the second half? Yeah, I mean, I was on that first road trip out of the All-Star break. They lost the first game in Miami and were in 11 games under 500. 11 games under. Mm. And to think of the turnaround now, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, they need a lot to happen and probably have to win every game the rest of the way. They even have a chance. But to, to be in this conference, to be in this position is... It's uh, pretty incredible. Oh, it really is. Oh, as a Met fan, it was great to have you part of what they were doing. Okay, Brad. There you go. I'd the like, I'd like to think them. I had a lot to do with it. <laughs> You're a good luck, Chum. You know, you are, I really You're do. Good luck, Chum. I'd like to think I had a lot to do really with it. To be 11 under at one point in time in rally, do you think they get to next weekend with a miraculous hope or no? I mean, the good news is they have they the, Marlins the Marlins for four. You know, the problem is the Brewers have been just beaten up. On, right. Beat up on the Pirates. They play the Reds now. So, mm. um Hard to see it. I mean, if they, if, they, if they can sweep the Marlins in four and then go into that last series with the Braves, who will probably have nothing to play for at that point. Yeah, um, maybe the, they got a shot. Maybe. I'd like, yeah, it'd, be, it'd be fun, wouldn't it? You know, oh, it'd be great. Final, yeah. final weekend series with a great. chance. But if they, if they lose once against Miami, it's probably over. It'd be so, tough. Yeah. Well, good stuff, Brad. Thanks, Talk guys. Next Appreciate hour. it, buddy. Right. 855-212-4227, your number to call. Uh, let's go uh, down to Houston. Talk to Heath. Listen on 610 AM. Heath, what's up? Hey, Taz. Hey, Moose. How's it going, guys? What's going on, What's going Heath? On, How you doing, buddy? Good, good. So I'm obviously a, a Texans fan. Uh, there's a couple things that um, I was quite impressed with the Texans win yesterday. Uh, one, uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a Bill O'Brien fan, but I'm happy with the changes he made coming out of the second half after going into the half down by two scores. Uh, obviously, the, the changes that they made, they came back and won against Phillip Rivers. Right. Uh, I think the O-line played really well. I think as a result of the O-line playing really well, uh, all their uh, uh, passing touchdowns were at a tight end. Plus, uh, also, Phillip Rivers was actually sacked more than Deshaun Watson, I think, as a result of the O-line play. So, I, overall, I think I was really impressed with the Texans' win over the uh, well, over the Chargers. Well, Heath, i got to say, you know, you make a great point about uh, Coach O'Brien. Of course, him and his staff, they obviously made some big adjustments at halftime. So I think the Texans put up something like 14 points or so in the third quarter, uh, and, and and the Chargers put up zero. So, I mean, you know, that, 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 that right there start, put them right back in the game. And then, as you said, uh, eventually they win the game 27-20. So, yeah, very impressive for sure. Yeah, and if uh, if you think about it, uh, if it weren't for one bad Romeo Cornell defensive play against the Saints that last play, where they were able to kick the field goal, the Texans would actually be sitting three and zero right now. 
Yeah, they would be. I mean, Heather, you also, I mean, you have to put the give the brilliance of Deshaun Watson, who continues to take hits. I mean, he threw nine incompletions yesterday, threw for well over 300 yards, nearly, I think, a tad over 350, uh, and the three touchdowns. You made you mentioned making use of, of the tight end position, but you know, Watson has shown you remarkable toughness, um, and it's no doubt. I, I give the defense a lot of credit for what they were able to do with Justin, only giving up three points in that second half. Uh, to be able to rally um, against the Los Angeles Chargers and give the offense an opportunity. But, I mean, Watson is such a stud at the quarterback spot. He really is. And you saw that yesterday in his ability to make plays on the run, on the move, when containment, when he has to break containment, move outside the pocket. You saw that on a number of different occasions yesterday. I mean, he is so good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely not a Ben Roethlisberger side fighting stretch, right? But his, <laughs> no. considering he's the most sacked quarterback last year, his uh, durability has been uh, been amazing. And he protected the football yesterday, yeah, which is great. Heath, we appreciate the call. You know, I mean, he had uh, three touchdowns, no interceptions. You know, I'm really you – know, so like you said, uh, Moosey, three, over well, 30 only had 39 feet. yards on the ground. Right. I mean, they had no ground just game. Just all in the air. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was just – I mean, to win a game on the road in the National Football League, and maybe it's just what it is in today's day and age where you run the ball 19 times and you don't even get to the 40-yard mark, Taz, and you win that football game, I mean, that's that's an impressive win. Yeah. Uh, it's something that they've got to clean up moving forward because, you know, Bill O'Brien's going to want to be able to run the football at some point in time. And, you know, the injury to Lamar Miller and tearing his ACL over the course of the preseason certainly hurts. But, you know, Hyde led him in, in rushing yesterday. I think he had 19 yards on right. the ground yeah, on 10 did. attempts. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that that is it. So, Watson was brilliant, no doubt. I thought it was an interesting game. We talked about that last week, Taz, on Friday in terms of the intriguing matchups. Um, you know, the for the Chargers then to have the kind of lead they had at home and to blow it against Houston um, and Houston have a comeback that they did, that's an impressive win by the Texans. No, I totally agree. And, and um, you know, I think Heath, the call that we just had here on the show, we appreciate the call, Heath, but he, he did make a really good point about the coaching. And, and, and you see that a lot. I saw. I mean, in the Bills game, I saw that happen where <laughs> the Bengals made some adjustments at halftime and changed some things around. I mean, that's what good coaching staffs do, and most of these staffs at the NFL level, they're you know they're the elite. So, uh, but we did see that with the Texans as far as a good coaching job at halftime to change the tide a little bit against the Chargers and uh, inevitably win the game 27-20. Yeah, they were able to come back in the Sunday night affair last night. It was kind of uh, you know an ugly game at times by the Browns, who are the most penalized team in the National Football League. And um, you know that was a theme early on on the NBC broadcast with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, as you saw the sidelines. And you know, it, the Rams go on the road. They're a better football team. I think they're a better coach team. They end up coming away with the you know twenty to the twenty to thirteen victory um, over the over the Cleveland Browns. Taz and um, I, I look at the game from a, a Brown perspective, and you know Mayfield struggled throwing the football. The offensive line at times struggled in terms of pass protection as well. Now it's a Brown team that isn't completely healthy and whole. I get it, but. Uh, that Ram team did a great job defensively of slowing down and shutting down at times Odell Beckham Jr. Landry had himself a game catching the football, but the Browns through the first three weeks of the season, a lot of people were speculating, you and I were both on the bandwagon before the yeah. start of the year, that yeah. might be a, a little bit of, uh, you know, wait till you build this team up coming off last year in which they were an absolute exciting watch. And you know, for the most part, they've been a disappointment. Even at being a one and two, they have been a disappointment here through the first three weeks. Yeah, no argument for me on that. I, I completely agree with, with, <laughs> with your breakdown and your statement. I, 
I didn't expect this. I, I really didn't expect this. You know, you have all of these weapons. I mean, I know Ninjoku's out hurt the tight end. I know that. But but Landry's healthy. Beckham's healthy. Chubb is running the rock. Mayfield's Mr. You know, Mr. Swagger. You know, you got Miles Garrett as one of the better uh, edge rushers in the game. Uh, you got a good defense. You know, offensive line to your point, yeah, a little sketchy. And I got to say, you know, coaching-wise, I mean, Kitchens uh, or, or the OC, whoever it was, I mean, you know, I was talking to Mike, Mikey B, our producer, about this before the show. I mean, it was fourth and nine. Fourth and nine late in the game. It was, it was middle of the fourth quarter, and it's 17 to 13. Charger, um, uh, Rams uh, winning the game, and they run a, a, a draw to Chubb. I mean, fourth and nine, you run a little draw, and he got shut down, and now you turn the ball over at home. It's a horrible call. And I'm not one of these guys that believes one call makes a game, but that was an important moment in the game. And then if you fast forward to the end of the game, I mean, they had four opportunities, Moose. Mayfield had four opportunities on uh, in the red zone, probably on the five-yard line, to, to, to score a touchdown, and they couldn't. And, and, and uh, you know, they lost the game. I mean, that's how it ended, basically. Yeah, no, it, well, yeah, you're right. It, it did. It, you know, it ends on, uh, you know, the, the interception by uh, by Johnson for the Rams. I'm saying they're in the red zone. And the Correct, four attempts, yeah. That's my yeah, right, point. Right, right. Yeah. No, I, I get it. Yeah. I mean, the game ends uh, on the pick by the Rams, but in, and they did have for the four attempts, and, and they were at the, the Rams' four-yard line um, inside the five uh, with a goal-to-go opportunity, Taz. And uh, you're right. They, they could not punch it in. I the Rams are a good defense, though. They've got oh, players yeah. on that defense at every single level in the secondary linebacker and defensive line. I guess I look at, you know, I, I look at the Browns, and I, I'm not surprised by the Rams winning that game. I think they're the better team. I thought they'd win the game going into the game last night. Um, I guess I am disappointed by the development or lack thereof of Mayfield year one to year two. Uh, I think they've changed things up of what they've done offensively in terms of their sets, and they haven't gone really. And without Njoku, that does hurt. I get it. But, you know, they were able to establish the run a year ago and then throw off the run. They've kind of gone away from that, trying to keep everybody happy, like Beckham and Landry and the like. And I don't know if that's necessarily played to the best of the Cleveland Browns and the best of their young quarterback in Mayfield. Um, And the sloppiness that this team has shown. Um... You know, the false starts that he got consistently last night over the course of the game, Taz, they just played really sloppy football. Yeah. They had 18 penalties week one against the Tennessee Titans. I thought by this point in time that they would change, it would get cleaned up, and it really hasn't. And I don't know if it necessarily is. Maybe it's just indicative of the coaching staff. Maybe it's just uh, an indictment of them. It certainly falls on the players as well, but... When you're as penalized as they are, maybe it's not being emphasized as much as it needs to be, or maybe that message is not getting across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. I mean, I mean, I think I do think you know. And you're right. I mean, I should have mentioned that when I mentioned that 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 red zone deal. The defense of the Browns is excellent, no doubt. I have them on on uh, in our fantasy league. I have them as my defense, and we've known last year how great that that you know uh, Rams defense is. But you're right about the sloppiness of the offense and like the undisciplined deal, and and Mayfield just. His decision-making, he's in year two here. He's got all the hype in the world. He's Mr. Cocky, Mr. Confidence. Again, just to go back to those those four plays uh, with, with like 40 seconds left in the game, he I don't know where he was throwing the ball. Yeah. He's throwing the ball 10 feet over guys' heads. It looked like there was a, a, a – I mean, the, the rush, the defensive line rush was great, but there was one, I think, second down. It, was a, a, it looked like a, a screen to the right they were trying to set up. It was horribly done. And he rushed the ball out. I mean, it just it, it just it looked like 
this was his first time playing an NFL game. Mm-hmm. It really did. I mean, I just I wasn't impressed with Mayfield's uh, Mayfield at all yesterday, or the Browns in general. I mean, Mayfield. I'm looking at his numbers right here. He was 18 to 36, 195 yards yesterday. One interception, one touchdown. Yeah, no. not great. No, not, not no. great in any way, shape, or form. When you've got a 50 percent completion percentage, um, you know, when you've got a 50 percent completion percentage in the National Football League, not good at all. No, um, but the Rams. You know, it might not have been the prettiest performance by the Rams, but they're 3-0 nonetheless. Um, and they did what they needed to do to get a road victory in a tough environment in Cleveland last night, Taz. And the Browns have got a lot of things to work on, as do the Rams in certain aspects as well. But you'd like to work on those things coming off a of victory. I thought the Rams last night showed you they were a better coach. I thought they were a little bit better prepared. And certainly their quarterback was just a tad better than Mayfield. And they no come doubt. away with no the doubt. win. Yep, big win. Uh, I want to hear from you at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4CBS. The New Orleans Saints on the road in Seattle get a big victory. Run around the National Football League. Want to hear from you, your team, what did they do week three in the NFL, your reaction, 855-212-4227. Taz Moose on a Monday morning right here, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, time right now to ask the pros. Where you, the listener, get to ask us a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to cbssportsradio.com slash ask the pros. Submit your question by listening. Uh, be listening later on the show. We might answer your question. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices. Excellent customer service. Where? At O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every single day. Uh, you know, Moose been talking a lot about the NFL. Obviously, big NFL Sunday yesterday. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go down to South Carolina. Talk to Matt. Listening on uh, 100.3 FM. Hey, uh, Matt, you were on with. Uh, what's going on here? That's just not working. Hold on, Matt. We got you. Here we go. Matt, what's going on? You're at, we're on with Taz and the Moose. How's it going? What's going on, guys? What's uh, up, Matt? What's I just on, wanted buddy? to talk about the Panthers this morning. Uh, Kyle Allen came out and put on a great show for his hometown crowd. That was great. And. Yep. The question that it brings up for me is after he comes out and shows out like that, do you bench Cam for the season for a few games, give him a chance to show that he can do it consistently, give Cam a chance to get fully healthy, no excuses when he comes back, if he comes back? What do y'all guys think? You want to go no, first? Go ahead, my, my, my opinion is I think that, I mean, it depends when he comes back but and how this kid Kyle Allen keeps doing because he was spectacular yesterday. Um I do think that it's still Cam Newton's team. I don't think you could just take somebody, even though this kid did great, he had four, excuse me, four touchdowns and stuff like that, but it's still Cam's team. All the greatness Cam Newton brought to that franchise, I think it'd be a little tough to just say, all right, after a couple of really good games, it's not your team anymore, Cam, or we have a quarterback uh, battle. So, Moose, I don't know your thoughts, but... Yeah, I, I mean, Matt, I, I think you... I look at I think you got to do right by your team um, and everybody on that team. Um, and Newton has not been healthy for quite some time. He looked awful the first couple of weeks throwing the football. Um, if he is healthy um, and he's over that foot sprain, which he re-aggravated in week two, uh, then Cam Newton's going to get an opportunity to play once again. But um, he's got to play well. Um, and if he doesn't, you're going to see a transition. I mean, because it's all about wins here. Um, it's not about – you can't play favoritism. And Cam Newton hasn't looked like the MVP that Cam Newton was at one point in time in quite some time. He looked awful throwing the football. He's coming off the shoulder surgery, had the foot sprain in the course of the preseason, re-aggravated that week too. Uh, you saw the game plan by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers keep him in the pocket. 
And we talked about Daniel Jones throwing with anticipation and hitting guys in stride and being accurate with the football. That's exactly what Kyle Allen was yesterday uh, for uh, the Carolina Panthers. Now he was helped out by McCaffrey absolutely dropping the hammer, running the football, and including that long touchdown run from 76 yards out. Uh, and he had 153 yards on the ground. So that ground game is certainly going to help out any quarterback. But how could he not be impressed by what Kyle Allen did? But, I mean, long story here, I, I would say that Newton's going to get an opportunity to play, but only when he's healthy. I mean, he, he's, he, I'm not going to force him in there if he's not 100% healthy, and I think that's what Allen showed you because that was a great performance in Arizona. Now, the Cardinals' defense isn't particularly good, but you give the quarterback credit uh, for playing as well as he did. Yeah, he made all the throws he was supposed to make, which is more than we can say for Cam in the first two games. And that's what I mean, like, just give Cam a chance to get 100% healthy so there's no excuses coming back. Yeah, I just that's what I, I think he's earned that right all the years, you know, uh, that he's been there and what he's done, the greatness he's had as a Panther. I do think, and Matt, we appreciate the call, I do think you got to give Cam a chance to, you know, we can't just anoint a lot of these young guys as the next Joe Montana here from Daniel Jones, you know, and he was great. And, and, and you can't, same thing with, with Kyle Allen. You can't just think, okay, that's it. He had one game. He was amazing. Oh my God. And now we're, we're stopping the presses and these are the, the new great young quarterbacks. They're one game. No, so, true. You know. But I, I think from, you know, for the Panther fan out there, Taz, it is refreshing to yes. see a quarterback to be able to throw the football and throw the football with accuracy. I agree. Uh, and I agree. to make throws down the field and to hit guys when they're open. Um, and you have not seen that from Cam. You didn't see it last year where they kept on telling you the shoulder was healthy, 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 healthy. And he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn and looked like he looked, you know, an absolute pain trying to throw the football. I'm not going to, I'm not stamping Kyle Allen as an absolute superstar in the league, but I mean, Kyle Allen right now gives them a better chance to win than Cam Newton, not 100% healthy. Um, and I, I, I do believe that. Now, when Newton is healthy, I think he's going to get an opportunity to play once again. But yesterday, do I think do I think Cam Newton, if you threw him in there and he was able to gut it out with that foot injury, do I think uh, he's thrown for 261 yards and four touchdowns and making some of the throws that Allen made? The one to D.J. Moore over the middle where he hit him perfectly in stride and he cut through the secondary and went from the left side of the field to the right side of the field was a thing of beauty. I mean, it was an absolute throw of beauty. I haven't seen Cam Newton make that kind of throw in years. <clears throat> no, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. And listen... So for me, okay, I'll actually I'll pose in the question. So a healthy Cam Newton, a healthy, refreshed, makeover, you know, rested Cam Newton compared to Kyle Allen, who are you taking? No, I'd probably give Cam Newton the yeah, opportunity. Yeah, I'm saying that's that's my only point. But no, no, all I, the points I, you're making are I factually it, correct. I, I yes. don't I don't know if I don't know if Newton's ever going to be that guy again. Well, that's the well, there you go. That's the million dollar question. So yeah, I, you, you know, I'm going to be honest I mean, with you. I, I don't know if you're ever going to see that kind of refreshed invigorated Cam Newton yeah. because we talked about it last week. His, yeah. He looks like he has taken an unbelievable he has taken an unbelievable beating. Um and it looks like those hits have taken a toll on his body to where he's no longer that kind of quarterback. I'm not telling you that Allen's the guy, but I think right. Ron Rivera Taz, if you're trying to win football games, you gotta also put the guy in there that has the best opportunity to win. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. No no there's no doubt. Hey there's a there's a fine line between battle tested and battle beaten. Okay, that's a wrestler's thing, and, and it's true, and it, it applies to any contact sport. Uh, let's go way out to California, someplace in California. Talk to Brandon. Brandon, listening on 1140 AM. Brandon, you're on with Taz and Moose. How's it going? What's up, buddy? Well, I bet. Just job in the work, guys. Uh, so I want to talk about how 
even though the 49ers played sloppy, I thought that they pulled that win out fantastically. I mean, the last the game-winning touchdown from Garoppolo was on a dime. It was perfect in double coverage. Um, and having five turnovers last year, they would have gotten blown out in that game. Right. And I think that their defense stepped up and just completely kicked ass. They did, and there was an adjustment made. We talked earlier about, about another game, but in this, the, the Niners made an adjustment, uh, Brandon, for sure, at halftime, and, and they made an adjustment, figured Pittsburgh out, were able to put 14 points up in that third quarter. That set the tone for the Niners. Oh, yeah, definitely, and I think that the way Kyle Shanahan's coaching is really well. I mean, the tempo game is phenomenal. Oh, it is, and and Shanahan showed you to be a, a very, very good offensive mind and and a good head coach out there in San Francisco with the Forty Niners. Um, let's see, you win a game in which you tried to everything you possibly could as a franchise to give the game away. Um, and Mason Rudolph was not great; um, only throws for one hundred and seventy four yards in the game. He did miss some throws they needed to make, two touchdowns, did throw an interception, but. Uh, you know, there's not many teams that you're going to be able to beat when you turn the football over five times. There's just not. No, exactly. I mean, maybe <laughs> the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're that right. Could be. <laughs> I mean, the, the Dolphins, the Jets. I mean, without without yeah. uh, without Darnold at quarterback. I mean, there's there's a short list of teams, and I know a lot of people were on Pittsburgh yesterday plus the points, and they did end we up covering that spread as the 49ers came back and won the game 24 to 20. Uh, but that's kind of a gut check victory. You'll you'll take it, Taz. Uh, certainly, if you're a 49er fan, something to build upon. Garoppolo <laughs> didn't play the cleanest of games, but when he needed to make a throw late to win it, he made the throw um, and was able to put the two picks earlier on in the game behind him uh, and able to find a way to win the game. But like I mentioned, that's a lot to clean up. You yeah. got to take care of the football. Five turnovers in an NFL game, more often than not. Uh, I would say 95% of the time you turn the ball over five times. Unless the other team turns it over six, uh, you're going to lose the game. Uh, I agree, especially if you're going against one of the upper-end defenses. You're definitely going to lose the game. Uh, let's go out to Springfield, Missouri. Talk to Austin. Listen on Radio.com. Austin, you're on with Taz and the Moose. What's going on, dude? How you doing? What's going on with this thing? Hold on. There you go, Austin. Hold on. Hold on. Hold what's on, up, Austin? I'm having a problem here. Hold on. Hit the, the I got it. My Austin, Thank what's you, going Andrew. on, brother? How are you doing, buddy? Hey, guys. How are you all doing this morning? Good, What's going on? Uh, I just wanted to ask you guys about the Chiefs. You know, the last couple weeks they've been without Tyreek Hill, and their offense has obviously not thrown down one single bit. If anything, I mean, you see the receivers they have, Demarcus Robinson, Michael Hardman, and, of course, Travis Kelsey. And I know the greatness of Tom Brady and the Patriots, but my question to you guys is, do you think the Chiefs are now the clear-cut favorite to win the AFC, especially with Tyreek Hill coming back here in the near future? Yeah, I mean, I I picked them before the start of the year to get themselves through the AFC. It's hard to say they're the clear-cut favorite. Um, That there is a line, for me anyway, uh, that there's a line between them and the New England Patriots, even without the Pats being without Antonio Brown now, as he got cut from the team uh, over the course of the weekend. So, um, you know, I, I don't look at them as that. I think you look at Hardman's an absolute stud, who they loved coming out of it, as did the Jets, and that was the guy the Jets were going to draft in the second round, and uh, the Chiefs ended up getting them. But um, I look at it, I, I still think New England deserves the respect because of the success right. that Belichick has had and the failures that Reed has had as a head coach. Um, I would, I'm, I'm a, let me just add to my end, Austin. I, I would lean a little bit more towards towards your Chiefs. I, I'm starting. I'm I'm 
I'm all in, man. I think that maybe they are the clear cut. Not not maybe. They are, in my opinion. They are the clear cut. They, they're just the weapons. This kid Mahomes is special. Um, yeah. And no disrespect on uh, you know on the Patriots or Belichick or Brady and their greatness. I, I know that I'm I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm a Patriot hater. Don't get me wrong, but I do respect the hell out of them. But I got to tell you, this Chiefs squad for me is the real deal, locked in, and I think they are the best team in the AFC right now. I mean, I, I, I like to believe that. I think their defense definitely needs some work because, you know, they just kept getting beat up by the Ravens at times yesterday. But I think their offense is just so good. I just, it's hard to imagine them not being in the Super Bowl this year. But of course, I've been saying that for the past several years. But with Patrick Mahomes now, I mean, I think they're headed in the right direction. So I, I like to believe that they're going to be the favorites to win the AFC this year. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not right now the betting favorite we because New England's Austin. such a public team. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're right there. One, two, two, one, however way you want to look at it. Uh, I don't think there's a, you know, you can get into the definition of clear cut and not clear cut and everything like that. But uh, uh, the belief in the coaching staff to execute a game plan, come up with a game plan, certainly – you favor the Pats more so than the Chiefs. But we'll see. Got a long season. We're only three weeks in. Come back. We'll mix it a little Antonio Brown. Another eventful weekend for the Pats. We'll get into that next. It's Taz and Moose on a Monday, CBS Sports Radio. Everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.